Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun music and food podcast where anything can happen. Today's guest is from Oregon Music News and KMHD Jazz Radio, journalist and DJ, Mr. Tom Dantoni. With a career which includes network TV and radio, newspapers, national magazines, and internet, Tom has wined, dined, and interviewed thousands of musicians. Oregon has known him for years as producer-reporter on OPB's Oregon Artbeat. He wrote for the Oregonian newspaper from 1997 to 2009 and is now a host on KMHD Jazz Radio and his podcast, Coffee Shop Conversations. Well, you know, Fats Domino used to take all the fixings and his pots and pans with him on the road and cook up his red beans and rice in his hotel room. For over 40 years, Tom has been collecting behind-the-scenes stories in food and music, learning his favorite Buster Holmes red beans and rice recipe from his time in New Orleans. Come with me and let's find out what secrets he has to tell. Yeah, you get the cherry, Jerry. Well, hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you today? I'm, I'm old. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you that um, I'm so excited to interview you today because I think you're one of the the most interesting people I've met and um, you have such an art in storytelling and I cannot wait to hear what stories you've got to tell today. So I'm really excited to have well, you. Well, no, all I, all I can do is let you down. Yeah, downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me, um, you've got a red beans and rice recipe that you learned um, to make in New Orleans, is that right? I didn't learn, I didn't get the recipe in New Orleans. Oh, okay. The first time I went to New Orleans was, I was, I was discussing this with my ex-wife with whom I took the trip to New Orleans, and it was either 73 or 74. Uh-huh. And she had been to New Orleans, I had never been to New Orleans, and uh, New Orleans has always been in my heart. Don't know why, uh, but it has been from when I was a little kid. I, what I found out was later on that all the tunes that I liked that I loved when I was growing up were all out of New Orleans. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Fats Domino, Huey Smith and the Clowns, uh, all, those, all those cats, right? Well, maybe in a previous yeah. life, you know? Well, actually, there's a long story about that, which I'm not going to get into, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, the answer is yes to all that. All right. Um, and so we're walking around the French Quarter. We, we, we were staying at the Cornstalk Fence Hotel, Ooh. which had this beautiful iron fence that was made to, to look like cornstalk. And um, so I'm, I'm all crazy just being a, just feeling like I'm home when I'm in New Orleans, right? Uh-huh. Took the streetcar down St. Charles Street, found a little record store. This was before the uh, great re- renaissance of New Orleans music. You know, this is before most people had discovered Professor Longhair, uh, the, you know, the meters or anything like that. And I found this little record store, and I walked in, and there were... New Orleans music was so obscure at that point. It was funny to think of that, that, that way now because it's it's really ingrained. But there, I found I bought two records. One was Professor Longhair, and the other was the Wild Magnolias, Mardi Gras Indian, is, and they were both on French labels. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It was so. Anyway, I still have them. I still play them on the radio. But anyway, it's okay. So we're walking around. We go back to the, near the hotel. We're walking around the French Quarter, and we turn the corner onto Burgundy. Burgundy. That's how it's pronounced. Burgundy. Burgundy. Okay, yes. I got it. And 
there's this little sort of hole in the wall restaurant. Not a fan, not not a, not a, a you know a, a great fancy New Orleans restaurant. It had sawdust on the floor. Okay. <laughs> the meters were on the jukebox and every other new great New Orleans band that, that you'd ever want. Uh huh. And it sold red beans and rice, big plate, for a dollar. Wow, a dollar. A dollar. Wow. Even then. Like Las Vegas prices. Even even then, it was cheap. You know, I mean, really. And I didn't know anything about it. And I had this most amazing. Of course, I ordered it with sausage, I guess, or whatever. And I just had the most amazing experience eating their red beans and rice. Wow. And I, we came back there time, time after time after time while, while we were there. Um, and even though we went to like Antoine's, which is a, you know, a very famous New Orleans restaurant and had an expensive dinner, it was nothing like being in a place that was called Buster Holmes, named after Clarence Buster Holmes, who um, opened, uh, opened his restaurant at, in 1960. Uh-huh. Right? And, uh, and he, I have a quote here from him. Oh, great. You make more money selling food cheap than high. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Plus, you know, he was also known for charging a sliding scale for musicians. But what I found out later, that people like Dizzy Gillespie and Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, and all these amazing musicians used to come there for their red beans and rice. I right? love it. Yeah. So, you know, every time I went there, I would always, first thing I would do would be run right, right straight to Buster Holmes. And unfortunately, it closed. Um, but... As, as time went on, um, the, res the recipe for his red beans and rice was published. It was published in a book. Oh, my gosh. And I went, oh, man. Did you, did it just, did you stumble across it? I or? stumbled across it, yes. Uh, what are the odds of that? Yeah, I know, I know. So I, I tried to cook it. And you tried it? Yeah, and, and it was great. <laughs> it, was, it was fabulous, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, over the years, when I've had a big party, uh -huh. I'll just cook up a huge, a huge pot of red beans and rice. Uh -huh. Cooks all day, makes the house smell amazing. All right. Uh, and not if you're a vegetarian. Oh, of course. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. Red beans and rice. That's pretty. Oh no, no. Oh, oh no, 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 no. This is New Orleans. Oh. You know, New Orleans recipe starts with. Two sticks of butter. Okay? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so this is a lightweight recipe. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's like uh, this other dish I was going to talk about, crawfish monica, which is the richest dish I've ever, ever had in my entire life. <laughs> oh, that's, okay, great. Anyway, so, um, and the thing about, one of the things about the Buster Holmes recipe is, the, I think, and I think the real secret, uh -huh. is that, you soak the beans overnight in wine. Mm, what kind right. of wine? They they call for sauterne, but you know, if you I'm can, not, I'm if not you, familiar. What kind? Well, if you of, can uh, afford it, is that a like a? It's a, it's, it's I don't even know. Is it red? No, oh. it's not red. Okay, but it's but it's not a, a light white wine either. So anyway, so over the years, I just get cheap cheap white wine. Cheap white wine. It's just fine, All you right. know. And sometimes, and I, I've given, I've tried this, and, and, and I kind of like it. I'll actually just cook the whole thing in it because you're supposed to drain the beans. Uh -huh. But a lot of times I just let it, just I just keep the white wine in there. Yeah, you know you when know, I cook too, it's uh, I yeah. always add a little bit of alcohol, whether yeah. it's yeah. soup or you yeah. know chili or whatever. Yeah. That that bit right. of um, 
you know, the alcohol mm -hmm. really kind of blends things together depending mm -hmm. on what you're cooking. Yeah. So. so you got the beans. They've, they've been soaking overnight. You got to have a ham hock. A ham hock. Got it. So definitely hock. not vegetarian. Not vegetarian. <laughs> Just put your big ham hock in, in, uh -huh. in, in, in there. Do you get a smoked ham hock or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Some onion, chop, chop up some onions. That's always a wonderful part of the, of the, of the experience. If you like crying. When you're weeping with joy correct, over the correct. red beans and rice to come. Right. Right. Uh, chop up a, 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 a green bell pepper. Uh -huh. A little salt and pepper if you want. Some garlic. A couple of cloves or however much you're making. Uh -huh. um, are you mincing those up or are you chopping them? Chop. 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 So bigger Well, I mean, I bigger know. Actually, actually, sometimes... You know, as as years went on, I would just buy minced garlic and just dump it in. Dump you know? it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cheat. That's a cheat. Tom. I don't care. You know, you can buy uh, onions now as... that are pre-chopped, too. Oh, man. You can buy bagged <laughs> onions at one of our local grocery stores. You can buy bagged onions that are frozen, and uh, one bag is like two medium onions, and just flip it out, dump it in, dunk. <laughs> and uh, some uh, one of these recipes does call for a, a half a stick of margarine, but I don't use that. You use butter? I don't put any butter in it. Oh. Mm -mm. Anyway, um, uh, so you just put that stuff in there. Then it depends on, then, then comes what, what you want, right? Um, some of these recipes don't call for any meat except for the ham hock. Some call for um, uh, sausage. Some call for, well, I, I usually add uh, three or four different kinds of sausage. Oh, like an andouille. And andouille, and then I'll, I'll get some link and then chop, and, and, you know, chop that, or just uh -huh. like a big hunk of sausage. Oh, that's and, fantastic. And break it up and put it in there. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm, you, you've, you had me at sausage. We're Sometimes I'll, I'll add celery, uh -huh. you know. Do you saute it first with no. onions, or you just chop no, them up? just chop them up, put it in, because uh -huh. they're going to be cooking for five hours. Oh, you know? All right, that should be enough. Yeah, a little bay leaf, uh -huh. you know, you're pretty much ready to go. Oh, I forgot one thing. Tony Sechere Creole seasoning. What is that? That is the great New Orleans Creole seasoning. C-H-A-C-H-R-E. Ah. Get them at Fred Meyer. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It is, I use it on everything. <laughs> and it, describe it. Is it, you know, spicy? It's, yeah, it's spicy. Well, you can, get, you can get light, regular, and spicier, you know. It's Lightweight. Got, it's got for... cayenne. You know, yeah. and it's, uh, it's, it's not, not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so guaranteed to raise your uh, potassium, yes. you know, Everything. everything's good. Yeah. Yes, this is, this, is, this is not a health food. Yeah, that's okay. And, uh, anyway, so got to have the, the Tony Sachere, uh -huh. and then I'll dump in some hot sauce. This is my kind of dish. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make it terribly spicy. When it, when it all cooks down, it's not terribly spicy. Then, before I'm ready to really cook... I'll dump a bottle of beer in it. The Northwest is known for, you know, all no, no. kinds of beer. Do you pick anything special or are no. we back to cheap beer? We're back to cheap beer because it's all going to cook down, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's all going to cook down. They're not going to be able to taste the beer, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and there you have it. You've got this enormous pot of all this stuff. And just turn it on and let's let it happen. You did, gotta, we, gotta, did we talk about rice? No, no, oh, that's that's long. That's hours later. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was all together. I'm like, oh, did no, we no. put the rice oh, in the no, dish? Oh, no, 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 uh -uh, uh -uh, no. <laughs> the rice is served separately. Okay. Yeah. And I'll go back 
you know, after it, after it begins to cook down a little bit, I'll put another bottle of beer in, you know, or I'll add some more hot sauce because I know it's all going to cook down, you know. Not yeah. gonna, it's not going to really be, it'll be in there, but it's not going to be uh, overpowering at all. So what kind of a, I mean, we're talking about like a big old pot on a the stove? A big old pot on the stove. Does it have a lid? Yes. So when you're yeah. cooking it down, but you've got I don't, a lid I don't on put it. the lid on all the way. I just leave a little, leave it dented. Okay. And just keep stirring. Just go back and keep stirring. You know, okay. that's, that's the it's the main thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and of course, every time you go back and stir it, it's even better. It's better and better every time. Yes. Every time you go in and stir mm -hmm. it, it's like, oh my God! Listen, can you? And then and then it starts to then then the, then the aroma starts to fill the house, and you're going like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm probably going to gain weight smelling the this is, this concoction is, of beans and beer. Yes, yes, yes. There's mm -hmm. no question about that. Well, you know, Fats Domino used to take all the fixings and his and his pots and pans with him on the road. Did he really? And cook up his red beans and rice in his hotel room. In his hotel room. Yes. This is a fascinating <laughs> thing to right, know. Right. And Fats Domino in many people's estimations, was the king of rock, the real king of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I had an interesting uh, podcast with the great Reggie Houston from uh -huh. New Orleans uh, about, about that, and he, he, he agrees and disagrees because he thinks it was Fats Domino's band leader who was the real king of rock and roll. But anyway, uh -huh. that's a... That's a well, that's he and Fats were friends, right? Who? Reggie. Reg, Reggie was in Fats' band. He was Fats' baritone sax player for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they were friends. And, 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 and a band like that, the baritone sax is really important. Yeah. You know? And especially in, in, uh, in Fats' band, because that was, that was a, a, a special instrument. Uh -huh. uh, it was one of the few bands on earth that uh, there, were sax, there were baritone saxophone solos. <laughs> Wow, right. I need to go back and, well, and check out some of these recordings. I Blue think. Monday, the great million, you know, multiple million seller, has a baritone saxophone uh, solo, and it's a bad one because <laughs> Herb Hardesty, the regular saxophone tenor sax player, had to fill in that day. Oh. And Reggie told me that from the, because it was, you know, sold eight or ten million records. Right. That every Just time, a few. every time the band did that. The baritone sax player had to replicate the bad solo. Oh no! Yes. <laughs> that, that's like that's like the curse of the yeah, the yeah. curse of the recording, right? right yeah, yeah. You hear? Yeah. So anyway, oh. so you know, you know, uh, when I'm when I'm when I'm cooking it, I'll, I'll just put nothing but New Orleans music on, you know, uh, in, in the house and. It's it's good. It's good. It's 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 really good when you've got about two more hours to go. Because, you know, it depends on how many you make, but sometimes it cooks for five hours, you know, mm -hmm. six hours. Mm -hmm. But the great thing is, we've got a couple hours to go, and people start coming to your house. All right. And they smell it. And they start going, oh, man. And at this point, are you giving them the cheap beer? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It, it, they better be bringing their own beer. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. BYOB. Right. Anyway, so, and yeah. then you cook up the rice. Okay. You know, you serve it over the rice. Mm -hmm. Some people, now, you know, there are a million, there are a million different red beans and rice recipes. Right. And, and everybody has their own thing. I had a, a, a party, it wasn't a 12th night party, it was, it was, it was a party, um, might have been a Christmas party, and I, I cooked red beans and rice. Uh -huh. And I invited Reggie Houston, right? So I'm there all day cooking, all day cooking, and it's finally ready. 
There's a knock on the door, and there's Reggie Houston bringing red beans and rice. <gasps> and I'm going like, man, how do I compete with this? Oh, my gosh. Well, right? tell me. I mean, was there a difference in between totally dishes? It was totally different. It was completely different. Not completely mm. different, but it was, it was significantly different. Did he steal some of his tips from Fats Domino? Well, maybe, but he's from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably got his recipe from his mama mm-hmm. or his grandmama or his great-grandmama, you know? Right. So, uh, or his father or his great-grandfather, you know, because every, right. everybody, cooks. everybody cooks. It was okay. I mean, you know, we had two different kinds of red beans and rice, but I was going like, man, I just got mine ready. And here comes Reggie Houston. <laughs> <laughs> How do I compete with this? <laughs> so what kind of rice do you use? Just regular rice. Just, no, you know. not something like basmati no, or oh, no. jasmine rice. No, you know, the thing about, no, no. just Sticky rice. The thing is, you can use whatever you want. That's mm-hmm. the good thing about red beans and rice because mm-hmm. it's very easily customizable to okay. whatever you like and whatever stamp you want to put on it, mm-hmm. and including the rice, uh-huh. you know. Um, so it's a make multiple time and then tweak to your own delight yeah, recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's really good? Red beans and rice the next day. I can imagine. Yeah. You know, you could cook that up for breakfast and throw an egg on it. Uh, I've and, done that. You know, there you go. <laughs> I've done that many times. <laughs> Forget the rice. Let's just put it at you know, yeah. breakfast and in a sandwich and tortilla. Who knows? Yeah, really. <laughs> of course, there are songs. Matter of fact, um, I brought with me a CD of, of uh, songs about food. You did? That I have played on my radio show because I, I, I did this whole set. This is great. I love this. Which includes the great song, Red Beans by Professor Longhair. <gasps> I got my red beans cooking. Do, I... do, 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 do. <laughs> but, you know, there's peanut butter by the Marathons. I like peanut butter. Uh-huh. Sticky, creamy peanut butter. Chunky peanut butter, too. All I know is the peanut butter song from, like, you know, camp. So oh. <laughs> I'm surprised there's a, you know, peanut, peanut butter, jelly, jelly. That's how they did that one. So There's bacon fat. Ba- there's a song called bacon yes, fat? Yes, yes. It's, ah. it's, a, it's a dance. Diddly, 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 womp. Oh. There's Mother Popcorn, James Brown, one of James Brown's greatest hits. The Onion Song by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Um, Everybody Eats When They Come to My House, Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway. In which he, he, he rhymes the names of the food and his guests. Uh-huh. There's Give Me Some by Fats Domino, talking about food. Peaches and Cream. By Larry Williams, who was mm-hmm. the guy they groomed to replace Little Richard when Little Richard uh, quit the business there for a while wow. after his big hits. He wasn't as good, but he was good. Mm-hmm. And it was the same band. Right. You know, um, Buttered Popcorn by the Supremes. Really? I'm yes. a popcorn fan, so. Uh, Dead Shrimp Blues by Robert Johnson. I guess that's better than Live Shrimp Blues. <laughs> but it should be Live Shrimp Blues because right. they're sad yeah, yeah, that they're, yeah. you know, going to sacrifice themselves for my taste buds. There's Tutti Frutti. Oh. Little Richard. Uh, I don't know if you know the original uh, tune, meaning of that tune. I, I know the song, but I didn't realize, to be well, honest, that it was about food. Because the original first line was Tutti Frutti, good booty. <laughs> There's Pass the Biscuits, Please, uh-huh. which is a very existential, really weird song by the same guy who wrote Bacon Fat, one of the stranger human beings on earth, um, Andre Williams, in which the whole thing takes place at his family's dinner table, uh-huh. and he keeps trying to get them to pass him a biscuit, and he just keeps trying over and over and over, and please, somebody pass the biscuits, please, <laughs> and they never do. 
I hate to no. spoil the end. I don't know oh, it'll be a spoiler man. there, but you know, my father uh-huh. um, was known for his biscuits, and that ah. you know, I can't tell you the number of times that I asked for a biscuit <laughs> table, and by the time the basket came around the second time, there weren't yeah. any left. Well, that's so. pretty much what the, this what the song is about. And then Jambalaya by Fast Domino. Jambalaya. Yeah. Jambalaya, crawfish pie, and Philly gumbo. I. It's, I, a, it's a Hank Williams tune. I didn't really. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. I, I didn't. It's fascinating to me to hear about some of these classic um, jazz people that I admire so much. And I, I didn't realize there was such a great um, connection in the food kind of, you know, I didn't realize that they well, all did that. Well, you know, for one thing, uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of the, the uh, soul and, and R&B people and country people, they're just Southerners. And Southerners love food. Well, it's just Southern, Southern cooking, it's Southern cuisine, you right. know. Jambalaya? Well, she, of course. Uh-huh. You know, uh, um, uh, black people in, in the South eat jambalaya and white people in the South eat jambalaya, you mm-hmm. know? And it's the same with all these tunes, matter of fact. Right. Matter of fact, I think it's pretty universal anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is great. Thank you so much for this list. And you play this on the air. I have played all of those songs on the air. I play at least one, this is my, on, my, on my Friday night show on KMHD, 8 to 10 p.m., Oh, I like it like that. <laughs> I like it like that. <laughs> Which is another New Orleans song uh-huh. uh, by Chris Kenner. Um, yeah, but I, I, I play at least one um, food song per week. Well, you're going to be able to play my next single that's going to be coming out a little later than planned. But Washing Dirty Dishes, it's not about food. It's about <laughs> the post-food experience. And, uh, you know, there you go. The other dish that I was going to tell you about is the, it's the richest food I've ever had. Really? Yes. I, this is a two for show. I had yeah. no idea there were going to be two recipes. It's, <laughs> well, I don't have a recipe for it, but uh, it's called Crawfish Monica. And I got it at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, Jazz Fest. Uh-huh. When, um, do you know about when? It, Jazz Fest is the last weekend in April, the first weekend in May of every year. Uh-huh. And it is the greatest music festival on earth. Is it really? It is the best music festival you, would, you will ever attend. I've never been. It's just the most amazing thing ever. I mean, it has, nowadays, it didn't start this way, but even nowadays they have something for pretty, for pretty much, they don't, have, they don't have metal, but, you know, they have a lot of other things. They have, they have, they have pop, they have rock, they have um, uh, New Orleans, they have, they have Cajun, they have uh, uh, New Orleans brass marching bands, they have jazz, uh-huh. they have traditional jazz, you know, what people call Dixieland, which they should never call. Uh- uh, <laughs> Why is that, Tom? Because it's not called that. It's, it's called traditional New Orleans jazz. Traditional New Orleans jazz, if, a.k.a. Dixieland if jazz. People, if, if you hear somebody call it Dixieland, they don't know what they're talking about. All right. All right. Anyway, so... This is an educational show for me. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, you know, I mean, they have all this... Uh, the food at Jazz Fest, New York Times sent a critic down there one time, and he gave, him five, he gave the food there five stars. Okay. No kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You can eat your way through the festival. And so, they, for instance, they have a, a, a gumbo with um, gator, Ugh. pheasant, and quail. Really? And andouille. Oh, andouille. wow. Yeah. That's a mix. It's gumbo. <laughs> There's this one thing. There's this dish called crawfish monica. Mm-hmm. I walked over. I looked at it. And I said, oh, my God. Just Kill me now with butter? That's right. Question mark? That's right. And maybe cream? Yes. Oh, cream. Lots of cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's spicy, it's creamy, and it's full of crawfish. And it, they're already 
it's just the crawfish meat. You don't have to suck the heads or anything like that, which right. people do. People love to do that. I've never gotten really? into that. You know, I'm not such a fan myself, but, no, but we used the, to fish, you know, we have um, crawfish here in sure. Portland, Oregon. Sure, sure. I used to, um, my brother and I, when we were little, used to try to go pinch them behind the, uh-huh. behind the pinchers and take them out, you know. <laughs> yeah. And have actually, they have a crawfish festival here right. Um, right. in Oregon. So, yeah, yeah. yeah we must have um, similar... Yeah. Similar climates. Well, I'm from I'm from Baltimore, and Uh you know Maryland crabs are the best in the world. Yes. But and I love crab meat, and I love dishes made of crab meat. But I could never get into sitting there with a with a mallet and and I don't want I don't want to eat something I have to hit with a mallet. Yeah, me either. I think if I ever lived in a place, I'm not a. I mean, they're already dead. I'm a a city girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I did a TV story one time. I used to specialize in eating stories where people would eat weird things. Uh, And how did that go for you? It was really fun. <laughs> uh, it was one story about, uh, uh, there was a series of eating contests. Mm-hmm. And a guy picked up a live hard crab, and it bit him, and he took a bite out of it. <gasps> and I put that on television. One time, I, for, for three years in a row, I did a story on the guy who tried to break the world's record for eating raw eggs. Oh, and how did that go for him? He threw up. Oh, yeah. He would, he would, well, the first year he was drunk. The second year he was hungover. The third year he had had a, a car accident. Uh-huh. But by the, by the second year, there were, he had com- competition. Oh. And anyway, he would always throw up because you, you drink him out of a beer mug. And, <laughs> and the, but the, the third year, this man mountain fisherman from the eastern shore of Maryland just down them, down them, down oh. them. Anyway, he won. Oh. I did another one on a guy who broke the world's record for eating raw oysters. Okay, so now raw oysters, that's kind of a different thing than raw eggs to me. I mean, eating raw oysters is more... It's both disgusting. It's acceptable, you know? Not, not to me. It's just, but it's just both disgusting. It's both disgusting. To me, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this guy would fill a beer mug with raw oysters, and this would go glug, 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 glug. Uh. I had a girlfriend at that time, and she was beautiful and... And classy. What she was doing with me, I don't know. But oh. anyway, but so I did this story. It was for TV. Uh-huh. So I could shoot the entire thing of, of, of him glugging down 12 beer mugs of oysters to break the world's record. And I could, so I could shoot it and just play the whole thing in real time. Right. Which I did. And I invited her over. And I said, honey, I'd like, I have a story on tonight I'd like you to watch. <laughs> so she's she sitting there watching and then she looked away and at that moment I knew it was you not blew meant, it. I not it was not meant to be and no 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 better that I know this you know oh Tom <laughs> it's so sad it wasn't that sad oh, well she's the one missing out that's right darn it and where is your sense of humor honey yeah right <laughs> So anyway, uh, oh, crawfish, oh yeah. crawfish, crawfish, Monica. Right, right, right. We're talking crawfish about crawfish, Monica. and you didn't um, have to bite the heads off. That's no, how we got no, it. No, that's right. This. Yeah. So you know, it's it just, and you can, and the thing is, you you know, there are recipes online for it, but if you want to get the real thing, you can go online, and they'll they'll fly it to you. No a kidding. A kit, a kit with all the stuff ready, all the, the, the crawfish, the, um, the sauces, mm-hmm. every, all you got to do is put it together. Where are they flying it from? New Orleans. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Cajun Kettle Foods. I'll, I'll give you the thing here uh, if you want to put a link up. But anyway, I had a 12th night. You know 12th night? 12th night is the start of the carnival season in New Orleans. Mm. It's, a, it's actually a religious holiday, but it, it's all religion. And, and this is in the winter? Yeah. yeah around it's, it's Christmas? It's the start of... of, of, of it's usually in January. But anyway, um, 
but it's, it's the start of the carnival season. And so a lot of times I'll have a party. And one year I flew up a whole mess of, of crawfish monica. And we, we all just went nuts. And you put it together yourself? Yeah. From these kits? From the kit, yeah. And yeah. did they fly up, you know, a yeah. pound of butter and <laughs> like a, a two gallons of cream? No, or because what, the sauce, they, they send you the sauce. Oh, it's already made. It's already made. Oh, and is it refrigerated? Yeah. And then they yeah, just send yeah. it up on an airplane. That's right. And you just go pick it up. So it's not delivered to your door, but close. Close. To yeah. your city. Yeah. To an airport near you. You know, I, I think it, it might have been delivered. I it's don't know. It's pretty fancy. Uh, yeah, you, well, yeah. I am, well, it's not I'm cheap. sure your guests were impressed. I am yeah. still impressed. So. Well, it's, it wasn't cheap. That's what I said. I was, at the time, I was, I, was, I was doing well. Yeah. How do and, I score an invitation to your parties? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. I'll bring, I'll bring something that I can cook really well. So I'm actually going to try out a new um, recipe on Sunday for um, Hungarian goulash. Interestingly oh. enough, it doesn't have any vegetables in it. They wow. say don't put any vegetables in it. Huh. And you cook it for eight hours. Um, wow. got all the ingredients sitting in my refrigerator. So Jeez. it's going to be a cooking weekend. Wow. Um, and if I were really adventurous, I would call this place up and also have them ship me some <laughs> crawfish monica. <laughs> All-time favorite is your crawfish monica then. Oh, no, who knows? You know, it's hard to say, you know, because, I mean, there was a, a food cart here who had the best um, Creole cooking in town. Wow. There are lots of, there, there, there are several Creole restaurants in town. Nobody could touch this guy. This guy was from New, from New Orleans, and he had a food cart down, downtown. He, it's gone. He would fly up Gator to, to cook. He, he made crawfish pie in front of you. Hmm. There, was a, uh, there was a store called the New Orleans Candle Shop out on Lombard that was run by a couple of uh, wonderful people who had uh, come up after Katrina. They had owned uh, a botanica uh, in New Orleans, uh, the real deal. Uh, I mean, there was, it was so real, they had a, an altar to Marie Laveau in, in the store, okay? No kidding. Yes, indeed. Hmm. And they were wonderful people. So I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some crawfish pie and take it up to them and, and see what they say. And they went, Oh my God, this is the real thing. So there was your test. You, yeah. were, you were testing this cart. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. passed. I, they, they had incredible jambalaya. I took a big mess of it up to a party at Reggie Houston's one time. And Reggie, Reggie Houston's daughter was there. And, and that thing got inhaled. Wow. Yeah, so it was, it was amazing. And of course, he left. He, I don't know. He, took his cart and went to Montana or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big loss. For me, yeah, because uh, and you know, then he made fried chicken. I mean, he, he just had everything there, you know. He didn't sit there, and when he's, you know, you said he made it in front of you. Did he bite the heads off the crawfish to do that? No. Oh. No, no. Uh, uh, but uh, you could get gator. Hmm. You know, I don't know if I'd be brave enough to eat gator. What's it taste like? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> it doesn't really have that distinctive a taste. Hmm. It's just the idea. Just the idea that you're of it, eating right. an alligator. Yeah, and me and frog legs. <laughs> Instead of it eating you. So you know, I like that idea. Yeah. I much prefer if I had to choose, <laughs> yes. I'm going to eat the gator instead of the gator eating me. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm, I always think that. Um, you know, I don't. Th I don't know if I could pass the frog leg test. I once had escargot though. Oh. Um, but you know, being raised in Oregon, yeah, uh, where snails and slugs are. Right. 
like the gross things that yes. you play with as a kid. Right. I, I had a hard time when I, when I lived in Colorado. Um, I went out on this really fancy date, and I had about a <laughs> vat of wine. Uh-oh. Um, you know, it was one of those giant glasses that they filled a couple yeah. times. Yeah. And then I was able to work up the courage to eat the escargot, <laughs> which, as I remember, was quite delicious. Oh. But, you know, it was a texture and just that mind over it's matter thing. I couldn't... No, no, no. Have you ever, have you ever pushed through your boundaries and eaten something that it turns out you like? Well, here's the thing. I won't eat something if I don't like what it's called. Really? Give yes. me an example. Squash. You don't eat squash? Right. Wow. Some of my favorite things are like butternut squash. Because it's called squash. You could say it. it's squash. You could say it in a different, you know, accent. Zucchini. Yeah. That's a different thing. That's kind of a, that's, that's a squash. Do you like zucchini? I love zucchini. All right. So just don't call it squash. No, you call it zucchini. That's right. Who knew? <laughs> Do you have another example? Uh, 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 yeah, hummus. You don't like hummus either. No, it's a ter- it's a horrible word, hummus. Ugh, hummus. Well, I'm gonna hummus. make you my hummus. It's we'll call it something a else. Perfect recipe, but I'll make a song out of it, and then you know, maybe you'll you like the hummus. Yeah, people. I know people think I'm weird because I I, uh, I won't eat things that I don't think you're weird. I like I think you're delightful. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have a podcast called. Um, well, it's part of Oregon Music News. Part of Oregon Music News. Uh, called the Coffee Shop Conversations, mm-hmm. and I do it right in this room. And yes. we're at World Cup Coffee yes. um, in Northwest Portland, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a beautiful place. It's got giant floor-to-ceiling windows, and it's quiet, and the company's good. And so. they, just re- they just redid the whole place. It's beautiful now. Yeah. This is gorgeous. So Coffee Shop Conversations, how many podcasts do you have on your belt? We just put up number 160 this week. Oh, wow, that's so Tony great. Tony Starlight. Tony Starlight, I love him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's his 25th anniversary of being Tony Starlight. Because oh. he's not, that's not his real name, as you might have guessed. But. Um, Tony Starlight. What are you going to yeah. name your child? Tony Starlight. Terrific. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's funny. He's yeah. extremely talented. If yep. you've ever had an yep. opportunity to see one of his shows, oh, he's sure. just, he's yeah. a multifaceted yeah. performer and yeah. musician. I used to get invited to be a judge. When he had the club, because he doesn't have, doesn't have the club anymore, he's got a he's got a performance space where he has Tony shows. Starlight's supper, supper club, club. Yeah. But when he had the club, uh, he had this thing uh, called "Sing for Your Supper," in which amateurs could just come and sing, and then they would each get voted on that week. And at the end, there would be a big a big contest between the winner, all the winners. And I I, I was invited to be a judge at that, along with some other people, for several years. And it was excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> but Shh, don't tell Tony. I got a free, got a really nice free dinner out of it, uh-huh. and got to got to hang out with Tony, and and, he, and he, of course he was the MC, and he was always hilarious. But it was a great idea because he got all of their friends and relatives of the performers to come to the gig. <laughs> Yeah, right. he's an exceptionally intelligent man. He's, yeah. He's yeah. been in business for many, yep. many years, and yep. um, he's great at it because he comes at it with a head for business and yep. the talent to back it up. Yep. And he's, he's a very funny guy. Well, Tom, any last uh, thoughts here for our podcast audience? Uh, go to New Orleans and eat. Go to New Orleans. How do you say it? New Orleans? New Orleans. Well, I don't know. Everybody has a different way of saying Just it. Just go there and eat. Yeah, go there and eat. All right, and listen to your um, KMHD show on Fridays. Friday nights, 8 to 10. I like it like that. I like it that. And then uh, I'm, Oregon. I'm at, uh, I'm at the Joe Bar on Saturday nights. Are you really? Spinning. Yeah, every Saturday. Spinning what? 
mostly kind of stuff I play on the radio, soul and funk and R&B, but I'll slip some things in there now and then. You know, I, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, um, I played Falling by Julie Cruz, which is the theme song of Twin Peaks. Uh. It made everybody kind of turn their head, you know. I played, uh, uh, just to wake people up, I played Who Put the Benzedrine in Mrs. Murphy's Ovaltine last week, <laughs> which has the line in it, uh, corollary, uh, Who Put the uh, Nembutal in Mr. Murphy's Overalls? <laughs> Well, then there you go. And they're like, oh, whoa, did I just hear that? That's uh, right. And then, um, of course, on Oregon Music News, you can listen to the 160th yep. episode of Coffee Shop Conversations. Yep. Well, and they can find the one with you. With me? Yeah, with yes, you. Yes, this is true. I was yeah. a guest, and it was um, one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. It was fun. So you are a delightful guest Thank and you. a delightful host as well. And I so appreciate you coming on the show today. Best of luck with your podcast. Great. Thanks so much. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. This show was made with support from patrons just like you. Want to see a live recording of this podcast? Find out how you can be part of the fun at patreon.com forward slash Marty Mendenhall. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen. Everybody eats when they come to my house.